You know, I think it's fascinating to hear other people's opinion from time to time, especially when such a big show comes out like AW All Out 2020. Because surprisingly, a lot of people claim that this show was one of the worst, if not the worst, pay-per-view from AW of all time of their existence, and without a doubt, the worst from AW in 2020. But for me personally, it was one of the best, if not the best, pay-per-view of 2020 so far, and it really took me by surprise because, yeah, it had some flaws and one massive one. But to be honest, in my opinion, all the good outshine everything bad that happened on the show, and some moments really shine like a diamond in comparison to. Other shows or other moment of other shows, it doesn't matter from AEW or WWE or New Japan. And why it was surprising for me? Well, basically because the last AEW pay per view was good, but not as good as we all expected. But surprisingly, a lot of people took it very calmly, and me personally. I was disappointed until Sadie and Sam Pete match because it took all the show and escalated it to another level. But overall, I was really struggling to look forward for this show because the last one was so slow, sloppy, and it didn't really satisfy me. Apart from the last two matches and Shida versus Nyla Rose, everything else in the show was. Fine, but this one. Well, let's talk about this one. Even pre-show was fun. You know, it's very common for AW that their pre-show was fun, fast-paced matches. But here, there was no build at all. We had Joey Janela versus Serpentico. What the fuck, right? This match comes out from out of nowhere. It probably is gonna be fine, whatever, five to ten minute match, and you know what? I enjoyed this match for what it was. We saw what Joey Janela is capable of. We saw what Serpentico is capable of, and they had fun little match that went for like ten minutes. I want to say. And surprisingly, I enjoyed it. I don't watch Dark that much. I knew about Serpentico, but every single match with him was like what five minute max that I saw. Joey Janela didn't really show anything apart from last appearance with against Chris Jericho and some other appearance with Sonny Kiss. Again, they were doing a lot of stuff on Dark, but how I said, I wasn't really invested in this. So being satisfied with this match was very good for my experience. Then we had Private Party versus the Dark Order in faces of Alex Reynolds and John Silver. These guys, you know, they surprised me with every show that they're in. They showing that if they're gonna go as far as they're going right now, and they're gonna be able to evolve. And do they move smoothly? Do they move more correctly? And you know, 
express themselves a little bit differently, you know, bring something else to their gimmick on Dynamite, not on the BTE, I think AEW should push these guys. Obviously not for the titles, but at the very least, get rid of their masks and let them be, let them cut some promos, let them be part of Dark Order like Stu Grayson and Evil Una are. I know that their characters are fucking losers, but... In the ring, they are fucking good. And yeah, they lost to Private Party, but that was a very fun, fast-paced, cool match where you really didn't know who should win because those guys need to win, but also those guys need to win. Dark Order gonna be on the main show, and spoiler, they're gonna lose, surprisingly, but in a very good way. But also here's Dark Order losing too. So maybe you should have went for Dark Order. And to be honest, I wouldn't mind. But I guess for Private Party, this is must win situation because they're out of top five ranking or they nearly out of top five ranking. So they needed this match to climb the leadership, to climb in the rankings. And as I said, those two keep surprising me how good they actually are in the ring. Private Party had a smooth match, which is from time to time surprising when you look at some other of their matches, especially at Double or Nothing. Oof. But again, this is all of pre-show, and it was too fun, fast-paced match that didn't really took me out of the show, you know? I was invested in their matches, even though they had absolutely zero build. They had absolutely zero right to be on the pre-show or the main show, because this is Dynamite slash Dark type of match. But you know what? I'm cool with it. But then the whole show started, and it started with Brick Baker versus Big Swolf in a cinematic match that should have been at a pre-show at first, but because of the fans' backlash, they decided to put it on the main show. And you know what? This was dumb. It was stupid. In a right way. I really fucking enjoyed this. It was a little bit of... Thriller, in quotation. A little bit of... Everything. Silliness. Trying to... Spook your opponent out. Maybe even weird out with the nails and trying to, you know, throw somebody out of the car. You know, some stuff like this. And yay was dumb. Yay was weird. But I really fucking enjoyed it. AW shows that they can do cinematic matches if they need to and if they want to. And I'm the one who says, no, we should do cinematic matches if we need to do cinematic matches once for a big show, uh, then you don't need to make it on smaller shows and dynamite, whatever. Only maybe some segments. And they are proving me right because if we're gonna have some fun cinematic match between Matt Hardy, if he's alright, hopefully with someone else, I'm not gonna mind this because if fans not gonna be there, of course, because. They showing that they are capable of doing fun cinematic matches that even though they are stupid, you can enjoy them. Britt Baker lost in her first match 
after coming back out of the injury, which is also a little bit of, oh, so she's not fully prepared to have one-on-one -on -one match because they needed to do the cinematic type of match. But it's fine, you know, let her rest for a little bit more, cut some promos, and then come back to the ring because hopefully she's going to be able to fight fully in two weeks or maybe three weeks. Then we had the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. To be honest, it was one of my favorite matches. It was fast-paced, spot-fast. So much stuff is going on, but also a lot of tension, a lot of drama in this match in a way that I didn't expect. Because Young Bucks, instead of being desperate and really sad, they were being fucking heels. They are mean motherfuckers. They are disrespectful towards Jurassic Express. They don't give a flying fuck about their feelings or opinion because they're gonna kick and super kick. Poor Marco, throw out of this fucking planet. And they did it in this match. It was great. So many nearfalls, so many innovative moves, so many cool stuff that I barely can remember all of them, which is a bullshit because I'm not able to remember all of this. But the most memorable one were Luchasaurus doing a chokeslam from near like a top rope on Nick Jackson and he doing a fucking moonsault and landing right on his fucking back from a chokeslam. Oh, that was true. And he did it like twice. They had a lot of cool moments with uh, Jungle Boy and Matt Jackson trying to do the suplex, 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 Northern Lights suplex, and then going through the ropes, and then going for another suplex and another. Unfortunately, they kind of botched it, but still, it didn't take away anything from this match. A lot of people, as I noticed after watching the whole show, didn't even notice this botch. They were like, oh, well, I thought it was planned, and I was like, oh. Well, that's great that you didn't notice this one, because we all noticed the next botch that came in. <laughs> Son of a bitch. This botch is gonna keep me out laughing until the whole night. But, um, as I said, the Young Bucks were heel. They were not dominating, actually, throughout this match. It was very much 50-50, with Jurassic Express coming up on top, even having... Two great near falls after hitting the finisher and one more. But then Luchasaurus is out of the ring. They knock him out. They do a super kick on Jungle Boy. One, two, he kicks out. They do a double super kick. One, two, he kicks out. And only BT Trigger is capable of putting him down. I think this match was incredible. It put over Jungle Boy massively. It put over Young Bucks as a heel massively. It really achieved everything that they were going for. And I really enjoyed this match. And we all knew it's going to be quality, but I didn't expect it to be so bloody good. Then we had Casino Battle Royal, and I had my worries with it. Because the last one was basically a joke one. Even though Adam Page won and went to All Out to fight against Chris Jericho for the first ever title opportunity for AW War Heavyweight uh, Championship. But 
a lot of people in this match were like indie wrestlers that a lot of people didn't know about. So to have so many superstars, actual top stars of the company in this match was either risky, either weird for some other people. For others, it was very intriguing because until the end, you didn't know who's gonna win. I put my money on three people. Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston, and the surprising opponent. Surprising opponent was 21st, who appeared to be Matt Seidel. Oh, poor soul. Came out, tried to do shooting star press with his first move in the ring, slipped for the top rope, and oh my god, it was nasty landing, nearly breaking his neck. Hopefully he's fine, and he was fine because he was able to continue the match, and there were no other boches from him. But uh, this one... <clears throat> This one really sucks because I like Matt Seidel and he was good throughout this whole match apart from this fucking botch. Uh, but you know what? Overall, it was uh, a little bit sloppy from time to time, but much more constructive, much more better made Casino Battle Royal than any other we had before or in comparison to the previous Double or Nothing this Casino Ladder match which was so sloppy that you think to yourself, yeah, it was good, but it was so goddamn sloppy. It was so goddamn ruined but some botches that you try and remember a lot of positives, but you also remember a lot of negatives. When I try to remember about this match, of course, first what I think is Matt Seidel's botch, but everything else, like Darby Allen being put it into the back you know, body back with uh, with nails, with everything in it, being thrown out of the ring, near letting on top of his head, near bleeding out, you know? That was cool. Brian Cage destroying some people, Lance Sargent destroying some people. That was real cool. Uh, this guy, Hope Show, something like this. I'm really sorry that I don't remember this guy's name who had his good match against Darby Allen, and reportedly, AW are really keen on making, well, not making him a big star, but really pushing this guy a little bit step by step by step, and he had some very good moments, he eliminated a couple of big stars, and surprisingly, he was not MVP, but, you know, very close to the title of MVP of this match. Very memorable showing from this guy. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Maybe not an AW, but outside, when the, the world comes back to some sort of form of normality, yeah, I think he has a chance of being a star. At least a secondary champion. Uh, two last guys were Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston, and here I was really struggling because both of those guys can have a good match and... If Eddie Kingston would won, I would be more questioning the ending of John Moxley versus MJF because yeah, Eddie Kingston is a heel, but Eddie Kingston MJF dynamic with those promos with the style of match can actually work. When Lance Archer versus MJF doesn't really work for me, you know. So I immediately thought when Lance Archer won 
that MJF is not winning. Even though I was really thinking until this match that MJF is going to win. And you know what? They put on a great show, MJF and, uh, and uh, John Moxley. And I'm really not that disappointed. Because without a doubt, MJF will be the next champion. Well, not the next, but he will be the champ sooner rather than later. But I think they have some sort of story in plan. And Lance Archer as a champion could work. But will we have Lance as a champ? Or will we have Kenny Omega fighting at Revolution one year after John Moxley got this title? Coming back to the feud and then beating John Moxley for the title and feuding against Adam Page later on the line? That might be a money-making feud. Who knows what they're going to do. You can put Lance Archer as a champ. Make him a dominant champ. Something that. Should have been. Uh, should have been Brody Lee. But he smartly said. No more open challenges. No more bullshit. No more time for indie guys. And. To have the champ. That's just going to brutally ruin everyone. For six months. Yes please. Anyway. It doesn't matter where they're going to go from here. I think all of this can work. And, uh, oh boy, let's talk about uh, the worst thing in the show, without a doubt. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. It started very good, you know. Sammy paying homage to Matt Hardy trying and Actually hitting him with a golf car, trying to do the same thing to Matt, running wild, but failing. Then they had a couple of punch exchange, DDT on the table, and then they go into this escalator and they trying to go through two tables. Fail. Going through only one. Matt hits his, his, his head, excuse me for this mumbling, hits his head and he passed out. For a couple of seconds. Arby Edwards calls out of the match. Says no. He's no longer is able to fight. In reality Tony Khan just stopped the match. He was worried about uh, Matt Hardy. They had a conversation. Doctor checked him. Out of the screen. And then they continued the match. Try to do something else. Doing for another spot. Going out you know on this. Going out on the ramp. Trying to climb this still thing you know that holds some uh, wires and everything else climbing up Sammy Guevara falls down one two three four five six seven eight nine ten it was kind of last manning full scout anywhere match that's what broken rules stand for Sammy Guevara lost Matt Hardy won after this Matt Hardy went to hospital they checking on him and right now we're recording this like nearly one day after the show and so far Matt Hardy haven't speaked about this but reportedly he's fine he doesn't have a concussion and he feels better that's all that we know at the moment Rabbi Hardy saying that you don't know anything he 1000% got a concussion but we will see but uh Tony Khan said that Matt Hardy is fine and actually he we might be able to hear from him at Wednesday Night Dynamite? 
it's a very dodgy situation. It was very shitty. Not gonna lie. I enjoyed the first part of the match when everything went well. Then the botch happened. I don't think the match should have continued. And it really made me feel uncomfortable. But then we had Thunder Rosa versus um, Hikarushida match. And a lot of people are claiming that this was their match of the night. Not mine. But very good match where Hikarushida won. But the problem with this match was that crowd was... If not dead, they were really silent. Because either they were sh in shock after what happened. Either they were burned out after what happened. They just didn't react to a very, very good match between Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida. And it really showed that AEW should go for Thunder Rosa, no matter what. They, tr they need to try to get her, if not full-time, then at least for a couple more matches to put over some other stars and to beat some other uh, women's in AEW. Because she really kicked ass, you know? Kicking out out of Falcon Arrow at one, uh, doing some Hikarushita moves as, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. She put enough a great fight overall, which didn't really surprise me. But as you all know, I'm not a big fan of women's wrestling, but this one, this one really pleased. Uh, how, put it, how should I put it in worse? It really surprised me in a very good way because... They definitely outperformed what I expected from them. Even though I knew that they both are very good stars, I didn't expect such a good match. Then we had something that I think should have been on Dynamite last week. Because it was Dark Order versus Natural Nightmares, Scorpio Sky and Macardona. How I said before, Natural Nightmares won after... A very interesting turn of events. It was a it was a good match, no doubt. Fast paced, um, a lot of stuff happening. Natural Nightmares trying to get over with Dark Order, but every time losing because Brody Lee comes out, stop all the momentum. Then Stu Grace and Eva Luna working together well, and Colcaban trying to do something. Who was wearing all uh, Dark Order color merch, you know, colored outfit which was a very interesting detail uh, failing then giving attack to someone like Brody Lee or Eva Luna and they taking control of the match this is how the match went nearly all like 15 minutes that it went uh, from time to time Macardona had some good showing doing Rough Rider after Rough Rider or Radio Silence like it's called now Scorpio Sky show what he's capable of QT Marshall put on a very good performance, and then Dusty Road picked up a win after pinning Cole Cabana because Brody Lee nearly fucking killed QT Marshall. Oh, did QT Marshall pick up a win? It doesn't matter because Cole Cabana decided instead of going for the pin, go for a moonsault, fucked it up, got rolled up one, two, three, and they lost. And that's why it was a very good twist of events because obviously Dark Order should have won to keep the momentum but continuing with the cold uh, Cabana storyline where he doesn't feel that he's able of taking a win by himself he felt overconfident in himself 
he decided to go for one more move, and it cost the the win for the whole Dark Order. And the first time he was feeling like he's fitting into this group of people, the first time he belonged somewhere in AW, I was said he was wearing Dark Order outfit, they put him down, brutally Bro- screams at him and leaves him alone, and only Evil Una decided to pick him up and go to the back with him. Where this is gonna lead us to, who knows, will Colt Cabana leave Dark Order? Yes, it's a matter of time, but in what fashion will he go? This is a different question. After this match, we had a great babyface promo from Dusty Rhodes that said that this win is for Cody, they kicked their ass, and then he finds out that he's gonna have a TNT match, match for TNT title, against Brody Lee next week on Dynamite. It should be a very interesting match where Dustin gonna have a little bit of offense, but then he's gonna get absolutely nailed by Discus Clothesline from Brody Lee, and it's gonna be a one, two, three win for Brody Lee, but I really want to see this match because Dusty Rhodes is capable of putting on a great performance and Brody Lee is capable of doing the same thing. So it should be very, very good. Then we have last three matches that were great. FTR versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. You know how much I fucking love this story. I think it's the best story in wrestling right now. It's outstanding. Everything they did so far with the story was great. And this match was no different. You know when I said about feeling emotions? Something that I haven't felt in a lot of other pay-per-views. This match brought me back from this semi Guevara Matt Hardy spot to the normality because... Since the beginning of Mispatch, I forgot about everything that happened before, apart from the story that they had, and I was focused. I was focused and I was looking at this match and it was great. Near falls, drama, personal drama between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega that first they couldn't work together, but then a couple of seconds later they started working together, beating the living shit of, of uh, FTR. FTR obviously trying to put them down, working on Kenny Omega's knee so he couldn't do V-Trigger and Last Call effectively, working in this 80 gruesome, you know, style of wrestling, 80s heels, oh, great stuff, so many good things about this match that you should call, and the ending was fucking brilliant, Kenny's Omega leg barely works, they try to go for Buckshot Lariat, Cash dodges, and also Kenny ducks, you know, Buckshot Lariat, throws away Cash, goes for V-Trigger, Cash ducks one more time, boom. Kenny Omega hits Hangman Page right on his face. They picking him up, Goodnight Express, one, two, he kicks out. Oh my bloody god, they're going for it again, nails him, Kenny Omega tries to save him, 1, 2, 3, FTR are your new tag team champions in a great near 30 minute match 
that you should absolutely watch. Was it as good as Revolution match between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Young Bucks? Probably no. Was it really fucking good and you should watch it? Absolutely. Great storytelling, great wrestling, and you know, some FTR matches in AEW and in WWE effectively were either slow, either not really interesting to watch. This one was their best match in AEW so far, blew everything out of the water, and bloody hell, you should just watch it. It was so damn good. Speaking of good, then we had aftermatch segment, which was again outstanding. They decided to go with a story that Kenny Omega grabbed something, some sort of, not table, but, uh, not chair, but something similar to it. Some weird shit that he wanted to hit Hangman Page with. But he couldn't. He threw it out. Okay, uh, Hangman Page went to hug Kenny Omega. And he just let him go and let him fall. Kick the beer. Another great shot from camera that got absolutely nailed with this beer and it's all wet. And he just leaves. He finds Box and he told them that he's done with Hangman. He, he goes his way. He goes his way. It's time to come back. To the cleaner mode, it's time to come back to the cleaning mode. And are you with me or are you not? And he just leaves saying, just think about it. Lives in a car, rides away. And holy fuck, what are we about to see in the next couple of months? I am really, really looking forward to finding out what's going to happen. Because this is still the best thing in wrestling. And I don't give a flying fuck about anything else. I can't wait to see what's going to happen on Dynamite, next Dynamite, next Dynamite, and so on and so on. Because the heel turn is getting closer and closer. The matter will be how they're going to do this and when they're going to do this. Speaking of good again, we had the best match between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. The best out of the three encounters that they had. In a Mimosa Mayhem match. It was fun. It started really well with Orange Cassidy teasing, hands in the pocket, running wild on Chris Jericho, getting nailed with Codebreaker, and you're like, really? Oh no. Will they gonna end just like this? And they're gonna throw Chris Jericho after match into Mimosa? No, one, two, he kicks out and they had a great 15 minute match. Which was fun, which was a little bit extreme, getting hit with uh, glass, getting hit with pots where champagne stands, you know. Very, very interesting and very emotional, if you can say, because there were some moments where Orange Cassidy or Chris Jericho nearly falls down into Mimosa that was standing, you know, near the ring. And it was really emotional because you're like, no, 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 don't fall. Or like, yeah, yeah, just fall, fall, fall. Ah, fuck's sake. And you know, as I said, it was definitely the best out of all encounters that they had. It was definitely worth watching because it was 15 minutes. It wasn't overdone. It, was, it wasn't fast-paced, but it was in a nice space that you can look at and you can, you know, just enjoy. And after match, Orange Cassidy won 
After two Superman patches, uh, right as a Jericho's face when he was hanging on the ropes, and then of course he fell into Mimosa because we all knew he wants to do this. That's the only reason why this match was even created. And then we had MJF versus John Moxley, undoubtedly my man, uh, my match of the night, because Jurassic Express versus Jungle Boy was fucking fantastic. So him goes for FTR versus uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Same goes basically to Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa, and this match was brilliant. With a great story that they've been telling every single week. If we go outside, that's Mox's territory. If we go in into the ring, that's MJF's territory. And this is exactly what we saw. Every time they were outside of the ring, Mox had dominated. Every time we were inside the ring, MJF proves that he is a great wrestler and that he's capable of standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with such a big name like John Moxley. It was a great match, great wrestling match, with a little bit of hardcore spot where MJF totally bled himself, playing homage to his master, Cody Rhodes, and it was so good, you know? It was so simple in a way that, yeah, yeah, we know how this match is going to go. The main question, who will win? The main question, how we're going to do the finish with so with a couple of great nearfalls where John Moxley, for example, tries to go for Paradigm Shift, remembers that he cannot do this and immediately getting put into Fujiwara Umbar, the salt of the earth, and then being so close to tapping out. Or when MGF once again blindside the ref, hits a low blow, hits crossroads, and what a symbolism it would be winning John Moxley. Against John Moxley with the move of Cody, and Cody, who's no longer able to compete for the main title, winning with his move, it would be so disrespectful. But it's only one, two, <gasps> no, he kicks out. The finish to the match went when uh, Wardlow throw diamond ring, MJF couldn't catch it, finds the ring, looks up, here comes Joe Moxley that stares right at his face, his paradigm shift behind ref's back, one to three, he retains in a great fashion, and I heard a lot of people throwing backlash into this match like, oh, MGF didn't win, he's the future and he should have won right now, and I agree with them at first point, but then after watching this match, you're like, that was fantastic, and we know that MGF gonna say, that was illegal, he won only because of the paradigm shift, he should not be victorious, he should not be the champion after this match. Then Lance Archer comes out and absolutely destroys John Moxley while MJF just runs away. This is how they should do it and MJF should not go and disappear from the title picture. He should always remind us that I will be the champion, it's just a matter of time. And then, how I said before, you have so many ways of how you can go. With Lance Archer being a champion, with Moxley being a champion, with the next challenger and the next challenger. There's so many good stuff that's still hidden over there. And still, MJF should always be near the title picture. Because he's going to make it only better. So, overall, 
we had one awful situation with Matt Hardy getting injured and throwing out possibly a very fun match with a lot of hardcore spots and a lot of weird stuff like broken universe or again hitting and chasing with a car unfortunately it wasn't meant to be we had all right match in dark order versus natural nightmares and cody's friends and everything else in the show was great so i can't look down the camera or right into your face and say with a straight face that it was mass show it was a bad show only because of one bad thing that happened how i said for me personally it didn't really took away out of this pay-per-view that much that it did to others because i can understand why you couldn't enjoy the show after that awful situation with matt but for me personally after well during ftr and kenny omega match i was able to feel this emotion again you know being so invested, going ex- actually nuts after every single near fall because you're like, it can be the finish. Oh my god! <gasps> no, it wasn't. Oh my god! My heart, Jesus Christ! And this emotion was something that I missed with every single other pay per view. No shit. Every single other pay per view, I don't remember having such a, you know, such such a feeling after near fall after. The match is going to an end after the match is happening right right in front of my eyes, you know. So, I can't lie to you. And I will say it. In my opinion, this was possibly the best show of 2020 so far. I would love to hear your opinion. Why you didn't like the show. Why you did like the show. Was this Matt Hardy situation too much for you and you couldn't enjoy the show after this? Or was it just like me, it was horrible, but after a couple of matches, you again became invested into what happening in the ring, rather what's happening outside of the ring in the hospital. And it was my opinion on what happened at All Out. Uh, next thing that I'm going to do will be Messi staying at Barcelona and how it's going to affect him and Barcelona in general and Barcelona fans. I know I said I'm not going to do a follow-up unless he's going to go somewhere. But this situation is a little bit different to what I expected. So, hear you in a couple of days, maybe tomorrow. And hopefully you enjoyed this review of the show. And goodbye.